Look carefully at how you spend your time. Look carefully at how you spend your money. Look carefully at the books you read. If you watch shows, the shows you watch. Like, what are you taking in? What are the inputs? This is a conversation I'll never, ever, ever stop having. Because once you can look at that and really design for yourself how you are with yourself, what you are bringing in to your space, anything is possible. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Do you ever forget to take care of yourself? I have a feeling the answer is yes. See, when we stop prioritizing self-care, everything else follows in suit. Your confidence is depleted, your energy is zapped, you may be operating in a mental fog where it's hard to care for anything or anyone. Truth be told, I have had some of those moments this year, even in the last month. Well, let me say, because I definitely need to hear it myself, especially this week, is never selfish to put yourself first. Deep down, you and I both know it's true. I've learned this valuable truth the hard way after years of neglecting my health while running on fumes to people please. And honestly, I am learning it again as a new mom. Very often, we have a built-in belief system that our worth is based on what we do for others. It's this belief that has skewed our minds and bodies into self-sabotage. So I'm on a mission to help you change your beliefs and therefore change your goals and your impact on the world around you. By rewriting your belief system, you can begin to take care of yourself and therefore take care of the world in a much bigger way. Today, we are dismissing myths about self-care, stressing the importance of how you talk to yourself and how you listen to what your mind, body, and heart needs in order to be happy inside. Today, I invited my dear friend, Elena Brower, to come onto the Essentially You podcast for the second time to talk honestly about self-care and how to shift our belief into prioritizing what is thriving in our life or even more so what we can do for ourselves so that we have a life that is thriving and that feels really, really good. See, Elena is non-negotiable when it comes to her self-care and when it comes to practicing daily habits for herself. Even as a mama, a single mama at that, she dives deep into how to cultivate, how to nourish you first. Now, before we jump into this powerful conversation with Elena, because I'll tell you what is powerful, because she is not only talking the talk, but she is walking the walk. I want to personally share something that I have been doing every day, even if it's only five minutes, because I'll tell you what, there are days where it feels like I only have five minutes, like today and tomorrow. I already know that tomorrow I only have five minutes. And the thing that I do every single day, hands down, it's, kind of, it's always been a non-negotiable for me, is I journal. Journaling has grounded me like nothing else and it allows me to get very intentional. That way, life isn't so reactive, right? When you're intentional with what you want life to be, I'll tell you what, it's like the universe conspires to help make it happen. But when you're reactive to everything, man, it can just feel like total, utter chaos. And so because this is such a love affair of mine and it is mad, I've had such massive gains because of it, not only in my own self-care, but also just keeping me grounded, keeping me intentional, keeping me rooted in things that are really going to nourish me. I created 
my daily self-care journal. Now, if you're looking for a beautiful way to honor your body daily with some self-care and self-love, this self-care journal is the perfect way to make it happen. It's designed to fill out in just five minutes every morning because that's the one thing that women have told me time and time again is like, I basically have five minutes. And I was like, okay, what can I create that can be done in five minutes that could literally be game-changing? And this journal is that. That way your day unfolds for you. It's not unfolding to you. So if you're looking for a tool that aligns with you living your best life, this is it. And like I said, it's designed to be quick, potent, and easy. Now I'm gonna have the link in the show notes to go and grab it. And I highly consider, I know I know this, the winter season's coming, the holidays are coming, to grab three of these. You can get a huge discount if you get three. And anytime I'm buying journals, I always buy them in a pack of three because I always love to gift them. If you are a dear friend in my life, in my sphere, you've probably been given a journal by me because I just think they're so powerful. So you can get three of these for a crazy discounted price and that way you can give them to a couple best friends. And again, the link will be in the episode show notes. Now, now that you know where to get my daily self-care journal, let's dive into this amazing conversation with Elena. But first, let me sing her praises. Elena, mama teacher, author speaker, and a doTERRA leader. Elena has taught yoga and meditation since 1999. Her first book, Art of Attention, has been translated into six languages. Her second book, Practice You, a Journal, is now a bestseller from Sounds True. She has contributed to Yoga Journal, Yoga International, Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, and she also does practice on glow.com. She has a global beloved Practice You podcast at practiceyou.com. I'm telling you, you got to go check out our podcast. It's amazing. Let's welcome her to the show. Hey, one more thing. I want to share something that I've been consistently using for my energy levels all year long. As a new mama, I am always on the lookout for effective and easy ways to boost my energy, especially my mental energy. Now this year, I added Organifi's green juice to my morning routine, and I love it. The organic green juice is made with 11 superfoods, and it's easy to make, and it tastes amazing. And luckily, Organifi has given me a promo code to share with you so that you can add it to your morning routine. Use promo code Dr. Marisa, that's D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A, and get 15% off your order at Organifi.com slash Dr. Marisa. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode, and you are going to want to try it. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Elena Brower. Welcome back. It has been a minute, girl, since you have been on this show, and I love you so, so much, and definitely well before the pandemic, and now we're almost kind of on the other side a little bit. And you have been one of my go-to mentors and just inspiring presence around creating so much ease and grace in our life, being more intentional and, and just really operating from a place of everything is happening for me, not to me. Yes. So Lena, honey, can you just share with us a little bit about your journey in really discovering, being present, really honoring your boundaries, honoring what feels right for you. Because so often I know that we can really struggle with that, especially during the pandemic and after the pandemic. I know so many of us are stressed to the gills, we're burned out, and we're just trying to find our way again. Yeah. I feel like there are sort of many streams of possibility now. 
the whole 18 months, however long it's been, has shown us that we were in a big fat rat race and it was a lot of movement. It was a lot of travel. It's a lot of activity. It was a lot of busyness. And I feel so strongly now that none of that really actually needs to play a role in my success or in my family. I don't think when I look back that I missed anything of my child's growing up. I, I feel like we all handled all, all that travel very well. He came with me a lot. He stayed home a bit. He was well cared for by his daddy and our Anna, who took care of him until we left New York. But I do feel really thankful to be home now and to be with him and to be making his meals and ordering some fast food for him when he feels like it and just being present for hikes and basketball and small road trips, things that I was, we were missing the the little liminal spaces together. We eat dinner together literally every night. That wasn't actually happening in New York and it wasn't happening before the pandemic. So there were lots of blessings for my family. And I do feel that it's time now to design a life that has a lot more ease in it, more rest, more quality care, attention, not just for other people, but also for ourselves. And it feels really true in my body. Mm. Talk to me about, so just a little bit of a background for you, Elena. How long did you live in New York City? Well, I grew up in Long Island, which is a suburb of New York City. We went to college upstate New York in Ithaca. And then I lived in New York from 92 when I graduated from Cornell until 96 or 7. And then I went to live in Italy for two years and was basically just back and forth all the time, long stretches of time there and a few weeks home and then long stretches of time there. I came home, I spent maybe from 98 until 2020 as a resident of New York City in various different neighborhoods, pretty much lived almost in every neighborhood. And what I can say is I didn't think I would ever leave. I love the energy of the city so much, but I'm actually really feeling very comfortable having done it and having left now. And that's what I wanted to just really speak into is being in that energy. I know if anyone's ever been in New York, that that energy is unbeatable. Like you feel it, it permeates through you. And then to make a major shift to a different town, a town definitely a lot more quiet than, than New York City, for sure. And just really asking, you know, I wanted to speak into kind of what that felt like for you and and really, you know, coming on the other side of this pandemic and, and kind of just the craziness and, and kind of analyzing the busy that we all had, all the travel that we were all doing. You know, many of us were traveling, I'm sure, people listening too. And then kind of finding this new, this kind of new pace, this new, you know, these new rituals and really listening to your body. What does it feel like to listen to that? Well, scary For at those first. who don't know how to. <laughs> yeah, it, it's scary at first and it, it becomes a practice in itself just like yoga, just like anything, meditation, just like writing practice, a painting practice, whatever you are practicing that you want to incorporate into your life. Guess what? 
I had to practice being comfortable with total silence. And weirdly, it didn't take super long. <laughs> I thought it would, but it turns out that I, I, I think I exhausted the energy of New York. And I think now to be here, I'm much more intuitive. I feel much more capable of uh, serving my family, much more at ease with myself. I'm super way more in tune with nature. I'm gardening, growing our own greens and herbs. I have outdoor time every single day instead of doing hill sprints or um, you know, high intensity intervals around the reservoir, I'm doing hill sprints in the in the forest, you know. It's just a totally different lifestyle and it definitely took some time getting used to. And then you pile on top of that the the nervousness that I felt of the pandemic in general. And now there are so many other reasons to, you know, both totally celebrate and totally be on my watch. Like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about any of the surrounding conversation regarding moving forward from this pandemic. I don't know how I feel about the origin of it or the solution for it. I don't know how I feel about any of that. So I don't really talk about that too much, but it does play a role in my willingness to be quite quiet and keep to myself. And I put my work out there still. I still have a beautiful monthly platform called The Mentorship that I really put all my heart and soul into. I'm focusing on painting. I'm focusing on taking care of my doTERRA team. I don't have other things anymore like I used to. Hmm. Now it's really just those three strands. Love it. I love it. Now I know so many women are listening and they've they probably have a lot going on and they're probably trying to figure out how to juggle it all and maybe trying to figure out how to create more daily ease, you know, and and really maintain interconnectedness, maybe you know, establishing boundaries, really kind of resetting the system. Talk to me about what have been over the years some of your best current practices. Like for instance, I mean, clearly you are a phenomenal yogi. You're able to be so present in that. You educate thousands of women around the world doing yoga. You do this with meditations as well. And then you've got one of the most beautiful, beautiful books I've ever seen, Practice You. Huge bestseller. So many women, so many people really resonating with that and creating a lot of these opportunities for people to really become more present and to reduce stress, because that's going to happen, right? That's just going to happen. What was the intention and, and what have you learned in the curating of, of these beautiful tools? Well, I think what I want most are the things that I create. So I wanted a journal after my mom died and I created Practice You. And then I spoke to my publisher and he was like, okay, so let's create something that we can use to take the practices forward, you know, for the people that enjoyed practice you that would like more from you. So I created being you. It's a little more refined. It's a little more, I don't know, grown up doing super well. And also both are being used in yoga teacher trainings, in team building activities, in retreats. They're being used a lot. There's, there's a lot of really beautiful space 
in these books to write for yourself, to create for yourself, to map what that ease might look like over the course of a day, a week, a year. And so that's what I sort of teach. I teach that in my courses. I teach that in my mentorship. You know, how do we cultivate a feeling of ease when we have kids, when we're trying to run a business or several small businesses, when we're trying to be creative in our relationships, when we're trying to be great partners? How do we create more ease? And I feel strongly that the way to do it is to start first by getting closer to ourselves. Like to really learn what nourishes me, what makes me feel full, what makes me feel empty, what makes me feel connected to my family partner, fill in the blank. And that's what a really good journal prompt will do. It'll bring you closer to understanding that about yourself so that you can identify in your schedule like, oh, I see. I have this thing on my schedule that I really don't enjoy. I don't look forward to it. It actually gives me a feeling of dread. I'm going to take it off. More ease. Stuff like that, you know, is the perfect, is the optimal result from a good journaling practice. And that's kind of the overarching that I aim to do. The overarching sort of result that I aim to achieve is how do we know ourselves super well so that we can serve up a dose of ease every single day, a feeling of restfulness, yet being present, yet being efficient. How do we do that? And these are the things that I sort of focus on in my teaching. Hmm. I'd love to dive in because I've used the practice you journal. And honestly, girl, until I was pulling up everything for this episode, I had no idea that you had a new book out called Being You. And what I what I love, and I am a big, big fan of journaling. I love it so, so much. And the reason why I've always loved Practice You is you're absolutely right. There was so much space to really you know, get creative. There was so much space to really kind of find find out who you are. You know, one of the things I've learned over the years is that oftentimes women don't even necessarily know what they love, what brings them joy. And your practice, you journal, really you know, kind of encompasses that opportunity to really discover. What would, I know you said that being you is a more refined version but is it more kind of a journal focused on rediscovering or discovering who you are? Yeah, it still it still has that element of it. I I feel like I just got much more practiced in my painting, and the prompts were initially it was interesting. Initially, the book was intended for teenagers. I was going to serve the young adults with a way to get to know themselves a little bit better. And when the artwork started to calm down and we started to look at everything all together, it was just like, okay, this is actually not for teenagers. It's for everyone. There's one page where the prompt is, this is when I gave myself peace. This is when I took it away. This is when I let someone else take it away. Your peace belongs to you and you alone. And And it's sort of like, wow, this interesting, I had no idea that that's what I did to myself. You know what I mean? And then we go into self-compassion. We have a writing practice with a bunch of words that you can use to prompt 
anything that you have to write, loyalty, caring, loving, listening, spontaneity, choosing myself, what attributes am I choosing to cultivate within myself? As you can feel, it was intended for teenagers as, as the mom of a teenager. It really meant a lot to me to have this. And then I realized, no, it's for everybody. And when we fully give our attention, we experience both power and rest. What would you write there? You know what I mean? What would you, what would you highlight from your own experience on a page like that? These are the kinds of prompts that we're looking at in this book. And that's what I love so much. Oh, those prompts are so powerful. And ooh, it can get a little gritty too. Absolutely. Well, I was thinking about how often our peace is stolen. It, girl, the second you get into your inbox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to really be a guardian. For some women, you know, for some people, like you just those, I guess, having those boundaries. Like I think for some of us, probably our peace is is stripped daily. And that's not really, you know, you just get so caught up in the stuff, in the obligations, in in the, I need to go do all these things that sometimes we just get so disconnected. Yes. There's an interesting way that I look at my inbox, which I think might be helpful. Mm-hmm. You don't look at it? No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> That's funny. It's almost like I open it up in the morning and I do a, there's a little bit of a guardian, like a gatekeeper moment where I go through and I just delete anything that is not belonging to me personally, or even the sort of random solicitations, delete, 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 delete. And I'm la- I, I usually can delete 40 to 50 things. Then I go into, okay, this is my place now. This is what I have to tend to first. This is second. This is third. It's very easy to prioritize. I think that's one of the things that we can look at on a more pragmatic level. How do you prioritize those that hour that you spend with your inbox? How do you, how do you optimize well? Mm, that is powerful. I need to use, I love deleting. I need to use that delete button more, more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Robustly or more frequently. <laughs> Fearlessly. Thank you so much. I was like, where's that word? What am I looking for here? And 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 speaking into deleting what isn't serving, you know, that can show up in so many ways in our life. And, and really, even the relationships that we have, the conversations that we have, love to hear some of your best practices. You, what I love so much about you, Elena, is that you are always so intentional, intentional in your conversations, intentional in who you're talking to. And I have a feeling that there's a lot of people who you've kind of like, are like, you know, I've set my boundary here. And so can you talk to me about some best practices for communicating with family, you know, the, the, the people you don't necessarily, you can't always break up with friends, you know, work people, colleagues, you know, especially in curating more space and also, you know, really curating beautiful relationships, what I think we could use so much of right now. How has that worked? Like, how have you created best practices for this? When I have somebody in my life with whom I don't want to share myself or a whole lot of time or energy, I simply let go. I let go. I don't feel like I need to explain myself. I don't feel like I need to provide a, an excuse or some kind of explanation. I simply let go. 
And it's been done to me for sure, where somebody just ceases communication. And there are times when I do sort of want to know like, Hey, what, what happened? Is there anything that I could have done better? Sometimes that's a question for myself or for the other person. Most of the time I just realize, you know, life is short. I'm 50 years old. What have I got? 50 more years, 40 more years. And I just want to really carefully, as you said, I want to be intentional about selecting the people to whom I give my love and my time. Mm, So powerful. Just let go. I just let go. There's no need for an explanation. And if somebody asks you for an explanation, you can say, there are no hard feelings here. It is now a time for me to focus on myself and my family. Love, love that. Love that. That's an that's an easy, just to the point, short, matter-of-factly, this is how I'm operating moving forward. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Another question I have, because I know one of the things that you said, and I think really people can resonate with this, is that going from busy New York City, which I, girl, I love New York City. I, I clearly never lived there, but every time I go there, I just, just, I just love it. But going from that energy, and I remember visiting you, and I got to visit you a couple of times. I remember so we sweet. would be up. Oh, it was so good. We were making food, and then one minute we were going downstairs, downstairs to the market, and you just, it just the flow in which you had it, like you navigated New York, like just like a beautiful yoga goddess, you know that you are, obviously, and. I remember it was like, oh, this, I just loved the, the way in which, like one of the things I loved about you was how we could be in such a busy, beautiful, high energy place. And you could have such just mellow, relaxed energy. It was this beautiful, just this difference that you, I was like, oh my gosh, you can really, you can really be all these things living in this beautiful big city. But one of the things that you mentioned was when you moved to the quieter place, I'm not going to say where it is. I'm not trying to share where you live, girl. But when you live to the, when the quieter place that it, there was a struggle there. And I have a feeling that a lot of women, as they begin yoga, their yoga practice or their meditation practice or their journaling practice, or even just the self-care piece, that there is resistance and struggle. I know for me in the beginning, there very much was. And yes, do you recommend, is there a place that you have found a little bit easier to get started, especially if we're somebody who just has been having so much resistance? I think the main thing you want to realize is that your best ally is yourself. And to begin to cultivate that understanding in a very real, intentional, practical way through the actions that you take over the course of any given day, this is a real gift you give to yourself. And no, it's not easy to go from being surrounded by people all the time or surrounded by activity all the time to really just focusing on yourself. I'm not saying selfishly. I'm saying focus on yourself so that you can be of service in whatever way your service arises. But if you can do that, you start to see there is a depth and a richness to the way in which you can care for yourself. I'm not saying bubble bath. I'm saying look carefully at how you spend your time. Look carefully at how you spend your money. Look carefully at the books you read. If you watch shows, the shows you watch, like what are you taking in? What are the inputs? This is a conversation I'll never, ever, ever stop having. 
Because once you can look at that and really design for yourself how you are with yourself, what you are bringing into your space, anything is possible. Mm. Ooh, love that. And ooh, how you spend your money, what you're watching, what you're reading, how you spend your time, who you're spending your time with, all of this is shifting energy. All of this is, is defining who you are. And bringing up emotions, you know, what kind of emotions are you looking to experience? That is powerful because so often self-care is shopping for something or doing the bubble baths or getting a manicure or there's a number of things that can be, but just really getting intentional. When, Elena, honey, did you start to really look at these things for yourself? Well, I mean, it's been 20 years of trying, yes. but really in earnest, I would say in the last three years three to five years since I got sober, which was almost seven years ago. Oh my God. Yeah. I was going to say when we interviewed last time, five, two years ago, it had been five years. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting time because I don't feel like it's done. <laughs> I feel like it's still a work in progress. So I think I'm always going to be working on getting to know myself better, taking really, really good care of myself and what I see and read and listen to and welcome into my life and being very selective about the people, the jobs, the ways in which I place my attention. You have a lot of tools for us. I know that a lot of women are listening and would love more. And I've got a, I've got some quick fire questions I have for you that I just curated. So I'm really excited. You're going to be the first person, Elaine, honey, to do the mm, questions. I I'm love super rapid stoked. fire. <laughs> but I wanted to just highlight that your practice, you podcast and how beautiful it is. Can you share a little bit about the intention of creating that podcast? And I really want people to go and check it out and kind of that they get a lot more of this curation there as well. But can you speak into it a little bit for me? This is a podcast where I interview people who are either very, very close to me, who have influenced me, or who are making a difference in the world. It is all about transitions. And I have been very deliberate about the people whom I welcome on there. I do get solicitations very often. It's very, very rare that I'll take somebody who emails me to come on the podcast. It really is me reaching out and asking people to come on and share what they know. We just reached a million unique downloads, which in the world of sort of podcasts is, it seems like it's a quite a, a big accomplishment. And I'm really excited to say that along these lines, I don't know if I'm going to continue it, now or and maybe even get sponsorship like I haven't even considered that yet in all this time or do I simply call it and have the content living in the world I just don't know I just don't know what the next steps are but I absolutely love this project and time will tell what the right thing for me is and I, I take that very seriously that choice Mm, mm, I thank you so much for sharing and congratulations on the 1 million unique downloads, girl. I love it. Love it so much. And, you know, I know, I, I mean, it's phenomenal. So, you know, if you continue it, I know so many people would appreciate it, but I hear you. There's a lot of beautiful passion projects out there that, that you are pursuing. So I get, I get, there's only so much room to do so many. Yes. Yes. 
but it's a beautiful project. And the fact that it's about transitions has truly moved me over the course of this year and a half or so. I've shifted my focus and I'm now featuring a lot of different kinds of folks. And I realized that I wasn't. And I think that's probably the most important part of the podcast right now. Yeah, I hear that. I hear you there. All right. Well, let's do the rapid fire. I'm so excited. Ooh, Yay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here, my dear. First question. There is five of them. Um, what is one thing you are deeply grateful for right now? Oh, the relationship I have with my child. Mm. Mm, oh my I love gosh. that so much. Oh my gosh. It is a whole new level. He teaches me piano. I have a piano teacher, but he's the one who comes to me and says, all right, mom, let's go. Let's practice. And we do duets and he helps me understand how to move my hands. It's unbelievable. Oh, I love that so much. I'm just thinking of Kingston right now. Okay. What was something you've done that made you feel extremely happy in the last week? So in the last seven days. Support friends in their choices around the current situation. Mm, love that. That's the best thing I can okay, say. Sounds good. I don't want to say more. I just, I feel very good that I'm supporting people who are making hard choices about how to handle their health. Mm, mm. What book has recently had a big impact on you and why? Two books. Okay. The Parable of the Sower. I just finished by Octavia Butler post-apocalyptic California, just insane, beautiful book, beautiful beyond earth seed. And then the second book is called Come of Age by Stephen Jenkinson. And the subtitle is A Case for Elderhood in Times of Trouble. Hmm. So powerful. And, you know, it has just just more so in the second book in particular, just an understanding of that transition or... Oh, it's Stephen Jenkinson is a very rich teacher and writer and wisdom keeper. And the ways in which he looks at what it means to, first of all, realize that we have completely eliminated the concept of elders from our society. We've put all the older people, we don't even call them elders anymore. We've put all the older people in separate locations instead of welcoming them into our spaces so that we can learn from them. And like I said, we've ceased calling them elders. And it's time to get back to deep abiding respect for the elders, to really learn from them, to understand what they know. We have walked away. We have walked away in a big way. And then in reading this, I'm realizing that I am actually responsible for becoming an elder one of the elders that I wish to see and learn from. So that's a whole, a whole world of um, responsibility, I feel, and honor. Uh, and I take that seriously as well. Mm. I think especially in this country for women too, once we get past menopause or we get into menopause, we, we're just not useful to society. I think we have a little bit more appreciation for elderly men than we do for elderly women. I'm really hoping that we get to shift that very soon. That's my work. Mm-hmm. That's going to be my work. As we get older, I want to make sure that older women, elder women are deeply respected, cared for, seen, heard, and that we learn from them. Mm. I love that so, so much. Yeah. And we're not afraid to get older and we're not afraid to, to age how we look and how we feel 
aging is a gift. We have never really understood that or realized that getting older is actually something new for our society in general. Like we used to die in our fifties, forties, fifties, and now we live so long. And how do we really see the opportunity of that Mm -hmm. instead of the liability? Right. Yeah. We have to shift the way that we see that entirely. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love it. Number four, knowing what you know now, which I know is a lot, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Don't you dare give that body away to just anyone. That's what I would say to my 18-year-old self. And for God's sakes, call your mother and remember how lucky you are to have her. And the last one, what's one thing about you that surprises people? What is something they don't know? Oh my God, this is so weird. I think I've said this only once before in a similar situation in an interview, rapid fire. But the one thing that immediately comes to my mind is that I really find myself often cleaning public bathrooms. I don't like clean the toilet, but I will wipe down a sink. I will, you know, pick up if there's like paper towels on the floor I'm just, I don't know why my mother must have taught me this, but to leave spaces cleaner than when you found them is something that is a slight obsessive compulsive action in me. I know it's so strange, but if you go into the bathroom after me, you're going to find it very clean. I don't know about that. I mean, I think it's a service girl. You are providing, you're, you're serving. So weird. I love it, but definitely so never in a Come million on. years would I guess that was that answer. <laughs> I mean, there are so many other weird things, but that's that's definitely one of them. I would say the other weird, weird thing is that I'm learning how to handle a firearm safely and taking long hours of training to learn this because I was always so afraid of them. And I think it's important in these times, especially after reading Parable of the Sower, that the protectors are well-versed in how to handle a firearm, not just the destroyers. Mm. That is a second thing I think people would not have known. That is absolutely true. Elena, one, I just want to say thank you so much for doing this first rapid fire. I hope you enjoyed the questions. And I would love, I know one of the things you had mentioned earlier is your mentorship program. And I'd love for you to connect to that. One, we want to go to the Practice You podcast. If if you're being called to journal, Being You is the new one that's released in 2021. But I know that I have, I have a personal link for the mentorship. So I wanted to just make sure we mentioned it. Thank you for that. The mentorship is very close to my heart and it's a way for you, if you're listening, it's a way for you to work closely and learn with me. So whatever I learn goes into that portal and we learn together live every month, twice. So many beautiful, over a hundred video teachings in there, short, digestible, relevant, really beautiful. Mm. Thank you so much, honey. And we can find you on Instagram at Elena Brower and website is, do you want to practice you and elenabrower.com? I will be sharing both of them. Sure. But I take it Elena Brower has everything in it. It does. Exactly. Perfect. 
Thank you so much, my love, for jumping on today. I love you. Thank you. I love you. Love you so much. Thank you. <laughs> As you just heard, Elena is a force of nature. And what I love most about her is her realness. She has created a life that she loves by committing to self-care, and she inspires me to be better every single day, especially when it comes to nourishing me. So how about you? Are you ready to tackle some of those beliefs around self-care? Are you ready to up-level your self-care? I know I am. I'll tell you what, I'm at a place where <laughs> anything and all things would be an up-level at this point. <laughs> this new mama game, woo, this new mama life is something else, but I am ready to do some more self-care. And I'll tell you what, after listening to Elena, I just feel so much more inspired to step into that because before the baby, especially when I was pregnant, I was like the self-care queen. And I've been a self-care queen for many, many years. I'm really excited to finally really commit to myself at least at least five minutes or more a day. So if you're ready to step into your brilliance, I wanna invite you to check out Elena and the beautiful membership that she has. I'm gonna have the membership information, the link to join in my show notes for episode 318. You can also grab the self daily self-care journal in the show notes for episode 318 as well, or my website at drmarisa.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening in today on the Essentially You podcast. This show, as you know, is all about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. If there is someone in your life that needs to hear this message today, if you've got a friend like me who needs to hear this message today, take a moment, screenshot it, send it on over to them, or even better yet, share it on social media. Tag me up or hashtag hormone literacy or hormone CEO. Coming up on Friday, I am jumping back on I'm going to be talking about red flags in modern medicine when it comes to women. We're talking about 10 ways we get gaslit in medicine today. I just want to point out ways in which we just got to be looking out for ourselves when we are under care. It's just important. That's what this show is about. And the more that we can identify those moments, we can really question and potentially get a second opinion. And again, at the end of the day, your body is your body and no one knows it better than you. And so I just want to gear you up, you know, for these kind of conversations that are going to come potentially down the road or maybe for a sister or a cousin or a mom, a best friend. It's these types of things I think it's important for us to know. So we just are on the lookout. Until then, have an amazing week. Happy fall. See you soon.